we made it. Made it to Easter morning. We're so glad that you're here today. Welcome one and all. If you're an old timer, whether you're new, uh, any case, we're glad that you're here. Uh, a lot of us are excited. Of course, it's Easter. It's a big celebration. And part of that makes it so sweet is that a lot of us have been fasting something for the last 40 days, right? Is anybody like all, so you're drinking coffee for the first time in 40 days? It's going to be a little extra juice. Little, try to stay on the beat when we start clapping, okay? Don't rush it. Uh, any other people uh, happy this morning about giving up, getting something back? Yeah? Good. I gave up alcohol, so that was nice. So I'm drunk right now, which is a hand. No, I'm not really. I'm not really. That'll, that'll be afterwards. I'm teasing, I'm teasing. Anyway, all right. I think I've said everything I'm supposed to say and, and a few things I shouldn't have said. Um, so with that, without further ado, here comes Charles. Thank you, John. He's so funny. Every week, just cracks me up. What a fun group you are. It's just fun beginning, wasn't it? Happy Easter to you. It's fun, fun. There is a traditional greeting on Easter that Christians say to each other. That I, I say Christ is risen, and you say he is so, you all know it already because it's traditional. Shall we try it? Can I give it a try to begin? All right. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Amen. Yeah. You guys good at this. Wow. Well, that's what we are celebrating today, the resurrection of Christ. We're celebrating the coming of Jesus. The idea that God became a human being and died and rose again, whatever else that may mean, it means God is involved in the story of human beings. Yes? That God is not distant. God is not somewhere off sleeping. He's not practically dead where you just try to get his attention but it never happens and all you, have, all you do is try to Obey his commands and be good. And maybe after death you see him. That's, that is the idea that the, the resurrection, coming of Jesus, incarnation and resurrection. That means he is actually, he cares. He's involved. He can make a difference. So in Christian faith, it is not enough to believe if resurrection is true. What is even more important is, is it real? Does it make a difference in our lives today? Because it's only when God makes a practical difference, that's when faith can come alive. Otherwise, faith devolves into just a set of ethics, where you're just trying to be good. And that's why during Lent, last six weeks, we as a church encouraged everyone here to engage in a faith experiment we call 40 Days of Faith. This year we call this spiritual practices for dummies. You guys like that? I liked it a lot. Because we focused on spiritual practices that everyone can do. Easy practices. Not something that, you know, that you would have to like go to a desert and like live there for 40 years and fast. And you know, how many people can do that? You know? But we really believe faith is for everyone. And so something that 
that we can all do easily so we can all experience God being involved in our lives. That incarnation and resurrection is not just concept we talk about, but something we experience in our actual lives. So we encourage you to pray, to see what difference God can make, and the results have been just so encouraging. It's just been so fantastic. We have so many God stories over the last six weeks. You know, they are hanging around the entire auditorium today. These are just stories that people experienced of God that we asked you to write down last week, and people did, and this is so many, don't you think? Isn't this beautiful? Give yourself a hand. This is wonderful. You know, this is what resurrection means in our lives today. God's stories. Let me just read you one story. One person wrote, In the last month or so, I've been dealing with some severe regret about passing on a promotion offered to me. It would have involved major life change. So I passed on it. But now, I'm getting anxious about my job. Can you relate? Like, uh, you know, this is like New York life. You get offered a promotion, but then it might involve craziness, so pass on that. And then you start worrying, (laughs) what's going to happen to me, right? So this is what happened to this person. I'm getting in touch with some deep fears that I've always had. The fear of not being enough to meet the challenges ahead of me. The fear that I missed a good opportunity within the company. The fear of upsetting my CEO and CIO who wanted me to take the promotion. And now whether they will make life difficult for me. Sometimes when it gets bad, it feels crippling. I replay the decision in my mind again and again. I worry about the future and what everyone is thinking about me at work. Not a pretty spiral that I've been in. In this context, I found the spiritual practice of journaling to hear God's voice that you introduced to us during 40 Days of Faith to be extremely helpful. Sometimes when it gets bad, the only thing I can do is to go journal, and I feel better about it. I feel that God is speaking to me through it, asking me to trust Him and to believe that I'm exactly where He wants wants me to be. There was one time, late in the middle of the night, when I woke up with anxiety. And that can result in a sleepless night. Well, I went straight to journaling. As I poured out my fears to God, His response was very clear. Surrender everything completely to me and go back to sleep. Good advice, yeah? He says, I wrote it even before I knew I was going to write it. I guess, you know, you walk up from sleep and trying to write. And he just wrote it down before he even knew he was doing that. And here's the amazing thing. I was able to go straight back to sleep. That was a powerful experience for me. As I go through my days, these fears come back. And I have to go through the same process again. But God brings me peace whenever I turn to him. Isn't that a great story? Wow. And uh, he, he's never a journal before to hear from God. His first time he's trying it. He's getting a very powerful experience. Because have you ever been caught up like that in anxiety? Anyone? Anyone? Like you, you, I mean, it's powerful enough to wake you up 
from sleep. And then you get caught up in that spiral of anxiety. You replay like things you have done, you know, something you regret and you just worry about what's going to happen and you can't get out of it. It's a vicious spiral, isn't it? And, you know, I've experienced that myself a number of times. I mean, living in New York, I think many of us have. This is a kind of a stressful city, you know? And, and, And when that happens, have any of you tried this? I've tried this a lot. Any of you tried, you know, Bible tells you not to be anxious about anything. I'm not supposed to be anxious. And whether you're a Christian or not, you realize, you know, being anxious, sleep, not sleeping, up at night, this is not helping anything, right? So you tell yourself, oh, come on, stop it. You know, it's 2 a.m. You need your sleep. If you don't sleep, you're really going to lose your job, Right? So, come on, come on, peace, peace, inner peace, inner peace, inner peace, ah! <laughs> right? Does it work? How well does it work? I mean, it's good to try. I mean, I don't want to knock it. I mean, it's better than just giving in to anxiety. It's good to try. Well, at 2 a.m. in the morning, how well does that work? How often can you just go back to sleep without taking some sleeping pills or something? And even then, that might not work, right? So this is a remarkable experience. Now, you are caught up in that spiral of anxiety. And and you don't have to, like, stay up all night tormented. You just immediately, there was this power that came over him. And there is just complete peace. And he's able to go back to sleep. Now that is a powerful spiritual experience. That's not just ethics. That's an experience of God. That's a spiritual experience. Wherever that voice came from, whatever you think that voice is coming from, that's something that makes a difference, doesn't it? I could use more of that, right? Now, whenever we talk about stuff like this, the question that comes up is, how do you know that was God? Right? Right, That voice, go back to sleep. How do you know you're not just talking to yourself? Right? I mean, Lily Tomlin is a comedian, and she said, why is it that when people talk to God, that's called praying but whenever God talks to you you're said to be schizophrenic (laughs) that's an interesting point right so prayer is something that everybody universally considers to be a good thing whether you have faith or not people say I'll pray for you and that's kind of taken to be yeah that's a good thing so in prayer you're talking to God right So talking to God is a good thing. It's a holy thing. It's a powerful thing. But if God talks to you, "Mm, that's weird, right? You know, am I talking to a sane person here, right? So that's what the joke is about. And, And it's pointing out 
the inconsistency in this mindset that if we really assume or believe that it's okay to talk to God, then you're thinking maybe there is something out there listening to you, and that's a good thing. But if God is listening to you, why couldn't he talk back? Right? I mean, why would we think God talking back is such a bad thing, is what this is pointing out. So Jesus promised specifically again and again that God would talk back to us. He said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. My sheep hear my voice. Your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. The Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth, not the Holy Bible. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, Spirit of Jesus will guide us into all truth. What are we to make of all these promises? Jesus made this interactive relationship with God the centerpiece of Christian faith. And this is not well understood. There is so much misunderstanding about what Christian faith really is. You know, there are surveys taken about what people think Christian faith is, and they are asked, you know, there's a survey that asked, what, do you, what makes a person a real Christian? Not just a Christian in name alone, right? Like Rhino, you know, Republicans in name alone. You know, like Sino, Christian in name alone, right? What makes a person real Christian? And the top answer is someone who reads and follows the Bible. That's what makes a person real Christian. Now, it's not just talk. You follow the Bible. On one hand, that seems to make sense. The idea is, the common idea out there is you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You repent of your sins. That's a uh, spiritual experience. That's an uh, experience of God's grace. But after that, it's all about you know, putting in the effort to follow God's ways, to to read the Bible, find out what God's ways are, and be serious about it. Follow His ways. And on one hand, that's a good thing, to be trying to follow God's ways and try to be a good person. You know, don't want to knock that. That's a good thing. But this is a horrible misunderstanding of what Christian faith is. The Bible tells us, how foolish can you be? After studying your Christian lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your human effort? This is warning us against today's common understanding of what Christian faith is. You start with the Spirit, a spiritual experience of accepting Jesus or experiencing God. And then it becomes all about your human effort to live up to God's standards. That's a horrible, horrible way to go. The Bible is calling that foolishness that will lead away from faith. That's the old covenant that's been cursed and voided by God. Again, there's nothing wrong with trying to be a good person. That's a good thing. But that's ethics. And you can find a good set of ethics from many, many different sources. You see, there's a difference between faith and ethics. There's a difference between living by the Spirit and living by human effort. 
There's a difference between when you're caught up in the spiral of anxiety, there's a difference between telling yourself, no good being anxious. Bible says, don't be anxious about anything, so I'm sinning by being anxious. I'm going to repent, I'm going to turn around. It's a good thing, please do it. But it's got a limit, doesn't it? It doesn't really get us where we need to go. But what we just read, this, this experience of God coming to you and giving you peace immediately, that's faith. That's experience of God that brings glory to God because that's something God does, not what we do. It's good to do all this good stuff, but that brings credit to who you are and what you do. It doesn't bring glory to God. It's when God does something that brings glory to God. And that's why in this church, what we are focused on is trying to encourage everyone to experience God for yourself. As opposed to telling everyone how to behave, our focus really is, well, we kind of know how to behave. We all adults here, aren't we? When we were children, we spoke like children. But when we grow up, give up the childish ways. Treat you like adults. Now let's talk about how to get empowered by God to get to where we need to go. By the way, if you're interested in experiences like journaling prayer, you're intrigued by that, stuff like that, you need to look at our guide because we do need to keep that safe and rational and not let it get out of hand. And so, you know, we have a lot of tips on how to do this well and safely. So you do need to look up our website or our River app if you're interested in that kind of stuff. Well, put it on your connection card. I'm interested in this spiritual practice. We'll get you the guides. Let me read you another story. A lot of fun stories. I don't have time to read a whole lot, but just want to read you another one. 20 years ago, while I was in graduate school, one person wrote, I used to run a lot, about 80 miles a week. That's a lot of running, right? Now, when you run 80 miles a week, though, you're pounding. I can probably, that, you know, so he says, but after several injuries to my knees and hip, I ran less and less until I stopped running. I couldn't even think of running again. So as I thought about what to pray for 40 days of faith, I prayed to God, I want my legs back. Now that's a, a kind of a big ask. Because, you know, graduate school was 20 years ago. This person's probably like looking at 50. (laughs) Haven't run in 20 years because of injuries, because you ran 80 miles a week and destroyed your knees. That's a big ask. I didn't want to bargain or plead. I simply asked, I want my legs back. The next morning, I woke up and stood up without any kind of pain. And that has been the case since that day. I have not started running yet because of bad weather. It was kind of bad in March around here. I am looking forward to running again. I thank God for granting me my request. Wow, yeah? That's awesome. I want a piece of that. I got bad knee, bad back. I got lots of bad things going on. That's, that's very nice. Now, I want to communicate very clearly today. Not every prayer gets answered like this. It doesn't. More often than not, prayers don't get answered. And we talk a lot around here about what to do when prayers don't get answered. But 
It is good to pray for big things with open mind, open heart, and you try to go for it because Jesus said anything is possible for those with faith. And this is not just about like, oh, if I just believe enough, I'm going to like squeeze some miracle out of God. This is much bigger than that, much deeper than that. This mentality of anything is possible. Whether you're a Christian or not, whether you believe in believe in God or not, to have this mindset that anything is possible, that's a good thing to have as a human being. It keeps you from shrinking. It keeps you from unexamined assumptions that stops you. It keeps you from prejudices. That is a good mindset to develop. That's why we encourage you to pray. Faith is a good thing for all human beings. The point is, God can make a difference. That's the good news. And this good news is for everyone, every human being. When Jesus was born, angel of God said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Guys, all people means all people. It means good people, bad people. It means adults and kids. Not even non-Christians. Can we agree non-Christians are people too? Can we agree on that? Sometimes, I don't know, in churches or, right? I mean, all Christians are people too. And this is good news for all people. Jesus is good news for Christians and non-Christians. All human beings. When the murderer next to Jesus on the cross, he was getting executed for a horrible crime. That murderer next to Jesus on the cross turned to Jesus and asked for help. Jesus, when you come into your kingdom, can you help me out? And what did Jesus do? Did Jesus turn back and ask, did you pray the prayer? Did you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Do you read the Bible? Do you have the right doctrine in your head? Now, this person is getting executed for a horrible crime, and he himself says, I deserve it. This cannot have been a good person. Jesus doesn't even ask, you know, are you a good person? Because you're a murderer or something. He just turns to him and says, I assure you today you will be with me in paradise. Heaven, eternity, salvation. Why? Just because the guy asks. Just because the guy turns to Jesus and asks for help. That's all it takes, guys. Everyone who turns to God and asks for something good, God is there for you. God will do something good for you. That is the good news of great joy. That is the meaning of death and resurrection of Jesus. God is for everyone. Faith is for everyone. Church is for everyone. This, isn't this God awesome? This is the true God we worship. Faith is misunderstood so often, we're starting a sermon series next week called Faith Misunderstood. We have so many beautiful stories of people who are experiencing this gracious, powerful, spiritual, wonderful God who loves you to no end. And so many stories of people being liberated, experiencing God, being connected to who they truly are and to God and to the world. We're going to address all of these different concepts like sin, Bible, church, discipleship. 
We're going to have beautiful stories. So please join us. It's going to be powerful 10 weeks together. Celebrating resurrection of Jesus. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Amen.